uncertainty hanging over Ukraine as the war-torn country marks two years since the start of Russia's full-scale invasion. And tonight, White House officials tell CNN President Biden plans to meet with top congressional leaders Tuesday as $60 billion in military aid remains in limbo in the House. President Zelensky is warning Russia could start a new offensive as early as May. And in a rare admission today, the Ukrainian leader revealed at least 31,000 of his soldiers have died in the war. Now, CNN cannot independently verify that number, but U.S. officials estimate the toll could actually be closer to 70,000. CNN anchor Caitlin Collins is in Kyiv and got a chance today to ask Zelensky about the stalled aid in Congress. Here's a clip. It has been two years now, obviously, since this war started, but for the first time since Russia invaded, U.S. aid to Ukraine is seriously in doubt. It's at a total standstill in Congress. Do you still have faith in the U.S. Congress? Well, I do have hopes for, 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 for the Congress. I'm sure there will be a positive decision, because otherwise it will leave me wondering what kind of world we are living in. Because of that, we do count on Congress support. Caitlin also got the opportunity to speak one-on-one -on -one with the Ukrainian leader and brings us a preview of that interview from Kyiv. Well, Jessica, you know from covering Capitol Hill as well as anyone what the dynamics are there right now. And the truth on the ground is that USAID is at a standstill. The Senate passed that aid package that has $60 billion for Ukraine inside of it, but it has gone nowhere in the House. And Speaker Mike Johnson has said he's in no rush to, to move it. And, of course, they're still on that two-week recess. But some of the senators who voted against that, Republican senators, including J.D. Vance, have been making claims that they don't believe, even if it did pass, that it would fundamentally change what's happening on the battlefield for Ukraine, how they are faring against the Russians two years into this war. And we asked President Zelensky for his response to that claim. Senator J.D. Vance, who was in Munich at the security conference but didn't meet with you, he said that even if you got the $60 billion in aid, it is not going to fundamentally change the reality on the battlefield. What's your response to that? I'm not sure that he understands what's going on here. And uh, we don't need any rhetoric of, from people who, who are not uh, deeply in the, in, the, you know, in, the, in the war. So to understand it is to come to the front line to see what's going on, to speak with the people, then to go to civilians to understand what will be with them and then what will be with them without this support. And he will understand that millions of people have been killed will be killed. As it, it's so he a doesn't understand it? Because he doesn't understand it. Of course, he God bless, you don't have the war on your territory. So, Jessica, what he said right after that was he, he noted that these are the people, people like J.D. Vance and other senators, some of whom, of course, support uh, sending more aid to Ukraine. They're the ones who are making the decisions here. But what he also made clear is that while he said, uh, you know, he's grateful that no one else has to understand what this is like, only people in his shoes who have been on the front lines of the battlefield here in Ukraine can really understand what's going on. And it just speaks to the implications 
of that decision where he, he, he's making those comments there saying that this is really what matters and this is what it all comes down to and that it is a very black and white picture for him that if they don't get any more aid from the United States, it's not like the war is going to go on the same that it has been. He said it will fundamentally change what is happening on the ground and that more people will die as a result of it. In the last few weeks, Ukraine has experienced some significant setbacks with some key Ukrainian strongholds falling to Russian control. And joining us now to discuss this, former U.S. Ambassador to Ukraine William Taylor and CNN military analyst and retired U.S. Air Force Colonel Cedric Layton. Gentlemen, uh, great to have both of you here with us. I want to add that we've learned in the last hour President Biden is planning to meet with the top four leaders in Congress on Tuesday to push and advocate for this Ukraine aid that is stalled out over there in the House. Uh, Ambassador, let's just start first with you. Do you think Ukraine can keep up its fight? if it doesn't get this $60 billion in U.S. aid? Jessica, Ukraine will continue to fight, um, even if it doesn't get this aid. It will continue to fight, but it can't win. Ukraine can't win without this support. They know and they have said that this support on the artillery, on the air defense, is so crucial to them to be able to hold off the Russians. You've already reported that the Russians are moving on this thing. And why? Because the Ukrainians have to scale back already on, on their artillery. So yes, they can win, they can, but they need this support if, uh, in, order, in order to move that. Mm. Colonel Layton, from a military perspective, uh, zoom out with us and take kind of the full picture now that we are, have been through two years. What has happened in this war so far? Uh, how has Russia failed to take Kyiv, and why now is Ukraine's counter-offensive losing momentum, it seems? Yeah, Jessica, those are great questions. Uh, well, I think the first thing that we have to look at is when Russia tried to take Kyiv, they wanted to take Kyiv just like in the old days the Soviet Union took Prague in 1968. They wanted to come in, take over the airport, and then from there branch out and uh, take over the important functions of government. That didn't work out too well for them because they didn't have the right logistics, the right intelligence, the right discipline within their military. And frankly, their military was basically a hollowed-out affair, although it was very careful to conceal that fact, basically riddled with corruption and all of those Different, different things. The problem that Ukraine ran into with its counteroffensive, then if you move forward about a year or so, was that there was a lot of talk about that counteroffensive. The Russians are an adaptive enemy, and they had learned to deal with the Ukrainians and the Ukrainian successes and Ukrainian innovation to some extent, and they just have a sheer number of people and that they finally brought to bear number of people, number of weapons, all of those things, Jessica, came together, and that allowed the uh, Russians to basically stall the Ukrainians, plus the fact that, of course, they had a lot of time to build major defensive positions, and the Ukrainians had no air power to uh, use to exploit against the Russians uh, and uh, their efforts to uh, put up their defensive barriers. And so here we are now, uh, two years into this, going into the third year. Uh, and this aid is now on the table. Ambassador, do you think that the president, President Biden, has been communicating well why he needs the U.S., why he believes the U.S. should still be supporting 
Ukraine, because there is a feeling amongst some Republicans in Congress and some American, Americans, quite frankly, that don't uh, feel like aid should be, uh, which is what they kind of see it as a blank check, maybe, uh, which it's not. You know, in a lot of cases, uh, American companies are making, are, are, are doing very well because they are taking some of this aid and making um, things that then we can send overseas. But what do you think Biden can do to better influence reluctant Republicans in Congress now? First of all, Jessica, uh, the Senate, as you've reported, uh, voted uh, a week ago, a week and a half ago, 70 to 29. Overwhelmed. This is a this is a major bipartisan vote, 70 to 29. Almost all the Democrats and 22 Republicans voted uh, for this aid package. And as you said, it's now with the House. And it can go to the House. If they can get a vote on the House floor, then it will pass. And President Biden, I'm sure, is going to push for that happening, some way to get a vote on, on that package. He makes the point, um, we all recognize that this is important, yes, for Ukraine. We said earlier they can't win without the support, but it's more than that. It's our security. It's our security in Europe. It's our leadership in the world that is making the world a better place. And it's, that's what's at stake in this thing. I'm sure President Biden will make this case. Mm. And Colonel Layton, today President Zelensky warned that Russia could launch another counteroffensive as early as May of this year. What regions has Ukraine seen fall so far? And, and what do you think, if that were to happen, uh, what we could see next? Yeah, Jessica. So the the regions that uh, Ukraine has seen fall so far are actually not that that big, in it, except for the ones that they the Russians took uh, when they built their land bridge from the Donbas region to Crimea. Uh, that was basically at the beginning of this war. But the gains since then have been incremental, and we have to remember the Ukrainians rolled back the Russians, uh, taking about back about half of the territory that the Russians had initially occupied. So the Ukrainians have done major, major work uh, that is very commendable. But the regions that I'm looking at include Moldova and the breakaway part of Moldova called Transnistria. Uh, there are going to be some uh, efforts made in the next few days to actually uh, perhaps have that region try to integrate itself into the Russian Federation. And if the Russians, President Putin specifically, agree to do that, that could then open up another front in this war, and that could potentially uh, provide some danger signals for the Ukrainians if that's not stopped. And that could happen well before May. Wow. So that, that could be um, I'm coming down the pike soon. Uh, Ambassador, earlier this week, the president announced more than 500 sanctions against Russia in the death of opposition leader Alexei Navalny. And some of the sanctions are targeting Russia's military supply chain. Do you think that that can work? It can work, Jessica. It can work. It takes time. Sanctions don't act immediately, don't have effect immediately. It takes time to weaken the economy. The goal of these sanctions is to weaken the Russian economy so that it can't support the Russian effort to invade its neighbor. Uh, and those, those sanctions have been in place for some time. The problem is you can't have, they're not airtight. There's a way to get around these sanctions and people have done that. So these new sanctions are one way to go after the leakage and to squeeze down so that the, the Russian economy will have a difficult time manufacturing the missiles, manufacturing the war, uh, materials that they need in order to pursue this fight. 